tell me how you really feel. The one and only. Mason Carter, everybody. I've got crackers in my teeth, a spring in my step, and I've got a lot of things to be happy about. Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> I'm so happy for you, Mason. One of them being the fact that today is Monday. Mm-hmm. Most people think that's a bad thing. Personally, I think it's a fresh start. You know why? Why? Because it's podcasting day, baby. It's podcast day, which podcast day has slowly turned from <laughs> Saturday morning to Wednesday night to Monday night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to literally just any time that we're available, actually. Yeah. What so, time is it right now? Oh, uh, like 10. Because guess what? It's time for the second episode of Tell Me How You Really Feel After Dark. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is a fun way for us to brand episodes that we do uh, when we have forgotten to do them on other days. <laughs> well, you don't want to give away all of our secrets. Mason, how was, how was your week? Tell me a little bit about your week. Um, So far, short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only been yesterday and today. Right. So it's been good, but since we recorded last, um, it's been pretty good. Um, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, Aaron and I had the pleasure to serve on a friend's film set That's this right. past weekend. Uh, Chris Phelps, he is making a film called The Wheel, and mm-hmm. we I got to be his assistant director. And Aaron got to be the little guy who claps the... Uh, the slate. The slate. The slater. Scene one... What's H? You would know. What's H? Uh, helicopter. No, it's No, it's hotel. not. It's hotel. <laughs> One hotel. So, scene two alpha, scene two beta. Mm-hmm. Except I didn't do that the entire first night of the shoot, but that's okay. Yeah. Chris was not mad. No. But it was really know. fun. It was nice to be on a film set for me and not to be like the director. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure that comes with that job, uh, as we saw with Chris. Right. So, it was nice to just kind of like... Be able to have a good time and not feel the weight of the production on my shoulders. Yeah, I sounded really conceited. I've never actually (laughs) been on a film set like that before because obviously we've done film shoots together before, but at film camps with people basically holding our hands as we're doing it. Yeah, it was nothing like it. Like a personal project that he's doing. Yeah. Um, So and it's very impressive. It is like yeah. he showed us that clip too, mm-hmm. and it looks really good. It so does. Far. the The camera is incredible. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good camera. The actors were great. Mm-hmm. Um, the The locations are really good. It mm-hmm. was all really good. Um, it's been fun to finally do something with Chris. He was one of my first friends at Asbury, and we always talked about making a movie together. So it's been nice to actually do that. Yeah, awesome. Speaking well, of artists. Yeah, hey, segue. Today's guest is Wyatt Martin, the one and only. Wyatt Martin, hey. What's up? How's it going? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and pop open that AL8, baby. That that was very underwhelming. Crack open (laughs) that cold one, man. It's very lukewarm, actually. It was in the fridge. Was it really? Yeah. Man, it must have been a minute since we took it out. It has. Wyatt, after you take a refreshing drink, tell us how you're doing. Tell um, us a little bit about yourself as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm 30 years old. <laughs> Got um, a loving wife and kids at home. <laughs> I I'm 30 years old and I make music and hang out with 18 year olds all day. As inspiration. As inspiration. Yeah. Of course. Free music. What else? Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, uh, my my week's been pretty good. As you've said, it's been short. Yes. It's Monday. Um, but, yeah, we're cruising along. We're about halfway you know. through the semester. Yeah. Took a midterm today. Mm-hmm. Felt Ooh. pretty good about it. Yep. Got an A. Oh, that's good. Yeah. On that school grind, as the kids say Absolutely. nowadays. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, as you know, on this podcast, we ask questions. All right? They could be serious questions, not serious questions. Mason... <laughs> How does my first question? How does that saltine taste? I think they're whole wheat, so I'm feeling just okay about it. Oh, JP just made the that most nasty so face. Dry. It is so dry. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you Please what. Take a drink. Nothing take sucks a drink the moisture out of my body like a saltine cracker. <laughs> Let me tell you that. That in the library. Oh no. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into the first question. And normally, we ask our guests to give the first question. So. Oh, sweet. Okay. Take it away, yeah. Wyatt. All right. Um. So. Kind of the general theme, as some of you all know, um, for my questions, uh, is creativity. My yes. creative queens. My creative, <laughs> my creative Gen Z queens. <laughs> so um, this first one 
is uh, if you could eliminate one artist from the universe. Oh my gosh. Who <laughs> who would it be? Wow. There's a kid named JP, and I just want to just. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh JP no! Let's take a moment to shout out Jonathan. He, yeah. JP just released uh, his first his debut full length album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few days ago on Spotify and on all the platforms. Already racking up thousands of streams. Literally, yes. Uh, it is under Jonathan Gordon, and the album is called What Happens Next. Ironically enough, it's 2020. Wow. It is now 2020, which is also the year of its release slash its birth date. Yes. So wow. everybody go give that a listen. It is genuinely a very good album. I'm not just saying that because I'm his friend. So Thank you. you're welcome. Hmm. I think I'm going to take a, maybe a little bit of a different take on this than what you might originally think. Okay. So... Um, I think it would be, you know, your first reaction would be like, oh, here's an artist I hate. I want him or her off the face of this planet. Maybe 6 9 Maybe what's another annoying? Katy Cardi Perry? B. People hate Kelly Clarkson? People. Okay, but I'm not going to say either of those. I'm mm-hmm. going to say a really popular one. Oh, no. Because I think it would be uh, maybe maybe not necessarily like a super popular one, but maybe an influential one. Is it Yeezy? Well, I'm I'm just thinking about which one I should say. Okay. Maybe like the Beatles or something oh. like that. Oh. Because I wonder how music would change. Okay, I see where if it's going. They wouldn't have been oh, there, so right? It's, it's oh. more of like an calm experiment. down. Yeah. yeah. You want to witness. JP's <laughs> heart actually stopped <laughs> <laughs> because JP's a very big fan of those little bugs. Mm-hmm. So that was a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah, though. they're like super big, super influential. Yeah, that's like um, that movie yesterday, where yeah, the guy. Well, I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, it's about that fellow who rides his bike and kills the Beatles or something. What? No, 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 no. He goes to <laughs> no. He goes to sleep. Okay. He goes to sleep and he wakes up and he's the only one who remembers the Beatles. Everybody yeah. else is like, what? Oh. And then he's like, going like, yesterday all my troubles seem so far away. And like he starts writing the songs. Uh-huh. And then everybody's like, that's amazing. And he's like, like who wrote that? And he's like, um. The Beatles and everybody's like, who are they? Oh my yeah. gosh! Which is crazy to me because, I mean, like if the Beatles didn't exist, the amount of other artists now today that wouldn't exist, like would be a step right. Up. So yeah. like for instance, in the movie, Ed Sheeran is featured, but like would Ed Sheeran even exist without the Beatles? Yeah, so. if the Beatles weren't there to motivate certain people to even, pursue music. I mean, even artists like the Rolling like that came out. Also, not to be too crass, but I mean, you never know. Some some couples, they hear the Beatles. It's true. Know, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, would Ed Sheeran literally exist?" If yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. If, if his parents would <laughs> have been in the mood. Yeah. yeah, it's true. That's so weird to think about. Like all the like, I'm gonna use a big word here, microcosm, cosms, microcosms yeah. of that. Yeah, like yeah. what would happen? Like in all the tiny ways mm-hmm. that's a really interesting way to look at it actually i never mm-hmm. thought about yeah uh yeah i don't know like i'm trying to think of an artist now i can't answer the question the way you did you really kind of <laughs> yeah. set yes. the bar so high sorry <clears throat> i don't know so i've never been able to stand carrie underwood let me just put it out in really there. let me just speak it into existence i can't stand her something about her face and her <laughs> hair and her head so wow. about her, her, oh, her, and her artist. No. <laughs> just I was getting around years. to that part. Her I, personality. Also her art. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I I guess I'm I'm not like her, her like, her like target audience with her music. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think I am. Like, I'm guessing I'm not. So, like, I guess that's one reason why I've never liked her. I just, I, you know what? No. I remember she played... Who did she? She was in the Sound of Music like TV remake. Yeah, I, just I remember about that. Puked. Let me Wasn't just that honest. like live too? It was. It was live. It was, they did the same thing with Grease. They did the same thing with Peter Pan. Christopher Walken played Captain Hook. Um, and I just can't stand her. I just think that she's so. What's the word? Intrepidous. I don't and know what that means. She, I have no idea what that means. I don't think yeah. it's JP, a real word. Can we look up that word? Look up intrepidous. Um, 
I just don't. And here's the thing: I can think of so many good things that could have happened if she wasn't here. <laughs> oh my so, god! <laughs> can you can you name a few in this alternate reality? Yeah. Where One thing would be we wouldn't have her music. Okay. Another thing is that we wouldn't. Fearless, unshaken, unshaken, undaunted. Okay, so she's not intrepidous. <laughs> she's malevolent. There's a better word. Yeah, there's a good one. She's malevolent. She's like evil. Oh, this is falling apart so quickly. I used to think my vocabulary was really advanced. What's malevolent mean, JP? Doing, uh, doing evil. Doing evil. She's doing evil upon this planet. The Bible talks about false prophets. <laughs> and look no further than Katie, she Catherine Perry. Self-proclaimed. Oh. Wow, that wow. was a big statement to make. We're calling her out right now. <laughs> Hopefully, this isn't a si- like a soundbite that gets back. To Comes me. back to me when I'm when, when I'm your best up. friends with Carrie Underwood. I know. And she's like Mason. I've been friends for ten years, but how do you feel about this? And she starts. She plugs us into the ox, <laughs> and then she would dig her key into the tire Sorry. side of my pretty little four wheel. Souped up <laughs> car ride or whatever it is. What is it? Pretty <laughs> little souped up four-wheel drive. That's a <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't like... I just... I can't really stand her. I mean, there's... Here's the thing. As an artist... <laughs> as, a, as somebody who appreciates and creates art, anybody is entitled to make whatever the heck they want to make. I mean, there are certain musicians that I don't think really create like good music in my opinion but that doesn't mean that I think that they shouldn't be able to make that music except for Carrie Underwood uh Wyatt who do you think um I'm gonna take the moral high ground here all right and um I'm probably gonna have to say Hitler possibly uh he was an artist wasn't he he was and so is Charles Manson oh Um, yeah he released music you can actually find it on Spotify which is crazy because like the same like you know like people are like calling for like all these like different artists who do like bad things to have their music removed off of spotify but you can literally look up charles manson's like sound demos who gets like who gets royalties off of that i'm assuming his estate okay um because he wasn't signed to like a label as far as i know but um we love an independent rock star (laughs) (laughs) oh play yeah See, like, the world wouldn't be too different if this Yo, this is a banger, exist. though. Add this to my playlist. <laughs> That's kind of haunting, though. It is. Oh, yeah, knowing that he he organized the killing of, like, multiple people after that. Oh, well, yeah. That That's meeting. why it's, like, kind of scary to, like, listen to something that he did. Yeah, whereas, like, Hitler's art, it just kind of looks bad, you know? But I feel yeah. like a sound recording can tell you a lot more about a person. Yeah. Too, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's like I feel like that's I I think that you can make a case for Hitler or a few cases. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once again, hopefully that's not taken out of. Out no, of yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Um, well, I mean, if I made that one comment last week about the Civil War, <laughs> that's right. You're zero and two right no, now. No, I my think friend. I can just dig the hole as deep as I want. No, that's not true. Um, obviously, I support all. Uh, wars. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. So. Hey, Mason. <laughs> what what question did you bring to the table this week? Um, <clears throat> my question my question is a little specific to podcasting, so I'm gonna kind of kind of like change it and into something different. But each of the th- <laughs> I saw that I wasn't each of say the three <laughs> each of the three of us kind of have different experience and like different art forms. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know why it's obviously more on the musical side of things uh Aaron and I both have film experience and like now we've both done like podcasting for Mm -hmm. a little while now and I've kind of dipped my toe into like art with like the stickers and stuff um so my question is to the three of us what would you say is like the weirdest thing like something that you don't think about twice when it comes to making your respective art that most people would find weird Hmm. Like in the in the process of making it, any part of it, like in the process of making it and performing it. Yeah, I think for me, um, one thing that helps me specifically get better at podcasting is re-listening to the episodes, um, and that's something that a lot of people, whether they're like making YouTube videos or just like recording their voice for a class, they're like, "Ooh, I hate my voice." 
Yeah. Um, I don't hate my voice. I like, I enjoy re-listening to the podcasts. Yeah. And even if, I, I guess the main reason why I go do it is so that if I say something cringy or I'm like stuttering or doing something like that, I can like work towards bettering that for the future episodes. Yeah. Um, but like, even when I'm hearing that, I'm doing it so that I can remind myself while I'm podcasting, hey, don't do this. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I don't, I, I feel like that's just something that a lot of people um, worry about. It's like they hate the sound of their own voice. I've, I've just heard a lot of people say that, but I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, cause like I've just gotten so, especially with like film <clears throat> and like now with podcasting, like I've gotten, like, I, I guess I haven't thought about the fact that I've basically spent like the past, like five years, like watching myself and listening to myself over and over again. Yeah. Like, when I make a film, obviously I'm not a, like, big-budget filmmaker, so usually I have to play some kind of role in the film as well. So, like, I've spent the past five years just continually, like, in the editing of it and the shooting of it, like, constantly watching myself and seeing every, like, part of me and, like, seeing myself mess up and pretend to be different people. And now with the podcast, there's, like, hours worth of me just talking mm-hmm. that I've listened to now and, like... <laughs> kind of like the root of the question is like to most people like that's weird like to just listen to your voice like for such a long amount of time like what you said like most people don't hear their voice so like the idea of just sitting and listening to me talk or sitting down and watching me like on camera is like not something that people normally do I feel like as artists that kind of thing like it's normal like it's so normal it's like I don't yeah. th- I don't think about that when I'm making a movie I don't think like oh that's me well, seeing it, me it keeps you honest too yeah and like that's the crazy thing about music is like you record something for you know let's say like 20 seconds then you got to play it back 40 times and mm-hmm. make sure that like it kind of like gets annoying you know listening to your song over and over again if you're recording something um, I'm sure <laughs> JP can attest to that but um, yeah it forces you to be really honest with yourself um, and with your art and then showing that to other people uh, and being vulnerable about that can be pretty scary too. Yeah. Do you ever I've learned. overthink uh, a clip or I don't know what the term for it is, but like if you record a section of a song yeah. um, and you think, oh, that was a really good take and you like listen to it, you know, 30 times over, does it ever happen to you where you're like, oh, now it sounds bad after I've listened to it a bunch of times over oh, and over in a row? All the time. Yeah. I have this weird phenomenon and I don't know how common this is. I've talked about this phenomenon with a few different people, but it's, Usually I do a lot of recording at night, um, and so I'll record something. I'll be like, oh, this sounds so good. Like, people are going to love this. And then the next morning, I'm like, I'm going to review it and see what it's like. And it sucks the next morning. Like, for whatever reason, like, if you don't take time and space away from your craft for a little bit, then you kind of just convince yourself, like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of, like, almost specifically for music, like, retuning and readjusting your ears almost in a way and like doing normal things in life rather than being like zoned in on a sound in a computer because um, I mean even your mood can affect like I, I'd like certain music uh, depending on like my mood for the day and something yeah. like that so like if you if you're like really in the zone while recording um, and then you take a step back and maybe sleep on it or something like that and you come back it could I mean sound different or maybe yeah. better or worse for you yeah and that's how you know a song is good is if you're like really like down in the dumps and then like you record something and it like makes you excited yeah. to make more art because then you're like if this can do this to me then it can do it to other people as well. right so yeah i think that's true like especially in like in film as well not to like mm-hmm. insert my own opinion but i guess that's, that's, the point. Funny. that's why you're here <laughs> that's, that's the point of the podcast um and yeah i hate to be like the personality of like as a filmmaker or like as a i mean i guess not i movie maker filmmaker. right filmmaker. like i guess i am a filmmaker but like i don't anyway um like i think that's it's really interesting too just like the concept of like time and like stepping away from it like i like i i kind of have to make it like a one-man show with my movies like i don't have like at the time, I don't really have, like, an editor. I don't have a, you know, this person that, like, I, I direct it, I write it, and I edit it, and all that stuff. And so, like, I spent hours and hours, like, editing a, a film. And, like, I can convince myself either that it's really good or that it's 
really bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's never in the middle. It's always like, oh my gosh, this scene is so great. But usually it's like, oh, this is terrible. This is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And so, like, I'm sitting there, like, I'm thinking about, like, this past summer especially. I made a couple of films, and, like, with both of them, I would just watch scenes over and over again and just be like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Like, how are people even going to watch this and enjoy it? And then I just have to, like, step back and be like, okay, what are you doing? And then I, like, it sounds dumb, but, like, I show it to my mom. Or, like, I show it to, like, Allison, or I show it to, I send it to somebody, and I'm like, hey, what do you think of the scene? Because, like, they weren't there when it was filmed. They haven't been watching the editing of it. All they're seeing is, like, what they're seeing. Yeah. And it's, like, I think that's really cool, but it also goes to, like, the concept of, like, a release day. Because, like, on release day, like, JP's album, like, for some people, they had never heard any of those songs before, but for him, he had heard, like, it in every single stage. You know what I mean? Like, he wrote it, and he, like, sang it, and he heard every single instrument get recorded, and he heard, like, every individual problem, and he fixed every little, you know what I mean? And then, like, when it comes to release day, he has that whole perspective in his brain of, like, how many layers there are to this. But to some people, a lot of people, this is just, like, a song. And that's the only thing they've ever heard is the final version of the song. So that's, like, it's just such a weird way to look at it. Because, like, with a movie, too, like, I, it all started with, like, an idea in my brain. And then all of a sudden there's a movie. So it's just, like, it's weird how many, how, how deep a piece of art goes and how people don't really, like, know that when they, like, consume it. If that makes sense. It's just weird. It's kind of the same way for, like, YouTube. So I used to make YouTube videos a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I kind of stopped doing it. And I was never, like, super big and got, like, a whole lot of views or anything like that. But I feel like just in general, um, big YouTube, I've heard big YouTubers say that some videos they'll put, like, hours of work into editing and, and filming and whatever. They'll be like, this is one of the best videos I've ever made. And then it will perform really poorly. Um, and then other videos they'll put like an hour of work into and just like kind of like make it for a meme and then it blows up and gets millions of views. So it's like, (laughs) sometimes you'll put in a lot of work and people just don't appreciate it as much. Um, but I mean, YouTube is kind of its own animal. I feel like, cause anyone could make a video and it just kind of blows up randomly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas music and film, I mean, you can't. Especially with films, you can't really just like throw something together in an afternoon and expect it to be perfect. I yeah. know some some musicians can like write a song in an <clears> afternoon <throat> and like it's a banger or something yeah. like that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even like 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 with film, it's funny you say that because like the summer before I came to Asbury, I like I well I had spent a lot of time making projects before that like I would spend like months and months sometimes like a year and like I would put all this time and work into it and it would be like so so successful and then like I literally did what you just said like me and my friends like hung out for a day and we made a short film and I like slapped it together and like obviously we tried on it but like it wasn't like there was no script there was nothing Mm -hmm. and like I wrote it I don't know why I just said I wrote it after I just said there was no script. We like wrote it as we talked and like we filmed it and I edited it and I released it. And then like somebody came up to me and they were like, Mason, this is the best thing you've ever made. Mm. And I was like, seriously? I was like (laughs) a movie that I literally like we showed up to film. I like put quotations around it because it wasn't even like there was no shot list. There was nothing. There was no paperwork. We showed up to film without even a plot and we sat around and like spitballed an idea and then we filmed it and edited it and then someone comes up to me and says like here's this movie that you put probably I probably put like editing and creation all of it probably like 12 hours into Mm -hmm. and then you have a movie like The Outcasts Mm -hmm. anybody familiar with my work my work Um, (laughs) which The Outcasts I spent literally like like hundreds of thousands of hours on because of how long I worked on it and like someone thinks that this thing that I just slapped together is the best thing mm-hmm. yeah. I've ever made. Which, like, on the one hand, obviously, like, as an artist, I'm, like, flattered. I'm, like, oh, thank you. But on the other hand, I'm, like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, right. that's what you think well, is my best work? It's it's almost as if, like, the more spontaneous work just works better with people. Yeah. Like, you mm. see it in music, too. Like, um, I've been to a concert before where uh, this woman, she had this, like, pristine set list that she had done probably hundreds of times 
you know, it was amazing. Um, and then, like, at the very end, she got an unexpected encore, and she came on stage and played a song that her and her band had never played before. They looked up the songs, like, you know, five minutes before they went on. And it was, like, the most intriguing song of the set. Hmm. Um, and there's just kind of an element to, to improv and um, being spontaneous that kind of, I feel like, just fuels your, I don't know, your appeal in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's kind of, like, what, like, I had to learn. Like, I kind of had to, like, adopt that as, like, a piece of myself as an artist and be like, okay, yeah. maybe instead of sitting down and, like, making this huge master plan, I can just go make a movie you yeah, know right and like just go do something and like not overthink it and not like sketch it out and like draw a timeline i can just be like okay here's my idea i'm gonna make it and then i you know i, I tried doing that this summer and people like the stuff that i made it wasn't as spon- like spontaneous mm-hmm. but it also wasn't as planned out as a lot of other stuff i've done so like it's interesting how your perspective can change with like how people like perceive it and it goes back to like nobody would have known how much time I put into the spontaneous stuff. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. and even with music, it's like nobody would have really known that they just, like, pulled that song out of their butt, basically. Yeah. You know, it's like, to them, it's just what yeah. they're seeing, and they mm-hmm. like what they see. Right. So what it's... On when I recorded Odyssey, I recorded it over winter break, and I didn't know how much time I was going to have, so I only planned for, like, three songs, and then I had, like, four weeks left, so I wanted to do another one. So I just decided yeah. And I didn't even bring the lyrics home. I had to have my RA take a picture of the lyrics and send it to me so that I could record the song, and that ended up being what everybody said was their favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even like the song. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You have, you have no control yeah. over your audience as an artist, which yeah. is like very scary at times too, because it's like, like, and it, it it feels weird to say that because it's almost like you feel entitled to like my best work should be like my most recognized work yeah but like that's just not the way people work a lot of the time yeah it is it's very weird and it's like a strange mix of like fulfilling and disappointing yeah right it's like i'm fulfilled because you liked what i did but i'm also like if you would have sat me down and been like mason here's all the stuff you ever made what do you want people to know you for you know i would have picked three other things before i picked this thing you know and then there's that rare chance sometimes where they align, you know, and it's like, oh, this I put so much work into and people mm-hmm. think it's the best thing I've done. It's like that is like the dream as an artist, but it's unpredictable. Like like you said, you know, you can think about it from a million different directions and perspectives, but there's always like five or six more that you haven't considered. Yeah. And sometimes those end up being like the determining factor in what's successful and what isn't. <laughs> We even talked about the podcast this way because we were like, because it's been racking up a pretty decent amount of streams. Yeah. And we were like, wow, if this is what becomes yeah. out of all of Oh, that's Yeah, right. we did. <laughs> so mad. Yeah, I was like, JP's <laughs> got... This thing? Ugh. Yeah. The least amount of effort into this well, podcast. Well, in that case, you can just use it to promote your other work. That's true. Yeah, right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> that's the only reason why it'll exist. <laughs> yeah. It's just a big ad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next? All right, drones. Failure. Well, <laughs> sticker. It's just I don't know. It's it is really it's part of the it's part of the journey of being a Gen a Gen Z artist. <laughs> oh no, a Gen, Gen Z, Z creative. <laughs> um, Mason, do you want to ask me what my question is going to be? Aaron, I would love Thanks. to ask you what your question is. What's okay. your question today? Let me open up my notes. Um, so I also have. A question kind of relating to creativity as an artist. Um, so, uh, I guess Wyatt specifically, but also Mason <laughs> with your films. Um, what is it that you try I, to... I'm sorry to stop you there, but we have... Oh, we're getting a phone call. Oh. Incoming I was call. wondering if this is going to happen. Okay, uh-oh. Wait, is that my roommate? The party! The party! party. (laughs) Max, how's it going? It's going good. First off, I'd like to say congratulations, guys. And I'm not speaking to Mason or Aaron. I'm talking to the Maxters. 
Oh no. <laughs> we just hit a billion max. Whoa! I know. I That's know. crazy, but man. Considering last week was five hundred thousand. Special thanks to uh, Quaker Oats and also uh, Quaker Steak. That restaurant uh, serves wings. Uh, I think I've been there. They before, are also actually. a Maxter now. I'm officially sponsored. If there's other Quaker. Quaker Village, if you guys, is that what it's called around here? It's Shaker Village. Yeah, Matt, that's Shaker Village. Anyway, anything with the word Quaker, I'd love for you to sponsor me. Um, I'm coming back from seeing Star Wars, and let me say, Maxsters, there is one man who isn't a Maxster that I would love to be a Maxster, and that is Adam Driver. Oh, let's get the word out. Adam Driver grew up very close to where I grew up, actually. My brother well, then, let's get on it. That's right. I have a connection. I know where he went to high school. I know where his parents live right now. I could drive to their house. Actually, that's a lie. I don't. Oh, my God. I could. You could hold him hostage. So, that be crazy? Let's start a petition. Let's start a GoFundMe page. I think we should, for me to fly out to L.A. and meet Adam Driver mm-hmm. and convince him to be a master. Hmm. Sounds like a great Wyatt. idea. Wyatt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I okay. just wanted to check on you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, right. wait, I have, a, I have a question. So whenever uh, he does become a Maxter, would we yeah. refer to him as a a Jedi Maxter? <laughs> a Sith Maxter? Oh, my god. Because would he be on the light side or the, the, the dark side? There's after? actually, there's ranks of Maxters. <laughs> There's a five-tier process you can Wait, do I have to, do I have to pay to progress? Is this like a like a Scientology cult type? I was going to say, with whoa, all this talk of Quakers whoa, and stuff, dude. this is kind of like a cult. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to say that word? Cult? cult? No. What? S-C-I-E-N-T-O-L-O-T-Y. Scientology. Oh. <laughs> I, if I see Tom Cruise break through the window, then I'll tell you, Max. Okay. <laughs> Tom Cruise isn't a Maxster. It's, he can't be. Well, that's a shame. Because he broke his ankle on Mission Impossible 6. Oh. Anybody that's broken their ankle can't be a Maxster. Mm. Okay, so I've got two little facts for you guys. They have to do with New York uh, and a town in Alaska. So, oh, I'm with Brendan Jeffrey, and he's, we're in the McDonald's drive-thru right now. <laughs> um, so... The Empire State Building, did you know that it has its own zip code? What? Yes, isn't that so odd? What is it? I think it's 81010. Can I get the Chips Ahoy McFlurry, please? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, I just wanted to try this out. If you're getting something. And then, uh, here's my other fact. Did you know that there is a town in Alaska that there are 210 people live there, okay? Okay. The funny thing about it is, the funny thing about it is that those 210 people all live under the same roof. What? Yeah. Hmm. The town is literally just one huge building, and everybody lives there. That's kind of cool. Interesting. They have a big family. That'd be kind of fun. I think we should do that with Zoo. <laughs> yeah. We should wow. make ourselves a city. Uh-huh. Take over yeah. Asbury campus. Oh, and now that I'm looking, I just found out you don't need a driver's license to compete in NASCAR. Oh, well, interesting. You're just pulling these out left and right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got for you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Max. Let's, Thank you. Let's get Adam Driver to be at a... To be a Jedi Maxter. Let's he try can to do that. automatically move up to rank three. Yeah. He becomes a Maxter. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us again today, Max. Thanks so much, guys. Wyatt, I'll see you, see you in a little bit, buddy. See you later. Bye, Max. Bye, guys. Bye. That's my roommate for anyone 
who is wondering. Yes, that is Max Borden. He was our guest on the second episode of Tell Me How You Really Feel. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he just can't get enough. He just can't get enough because he, he comes a, back every week. Yeah, and gives that's us right. A little bit of special. Apparently, you guys can't get enough of him either. One billion of you. That's crazy. One billion, yeah. yeah that's a, that's like an eighth of the world. I was right? going to say, that's a chunk of the population that we're looking at there. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he might be the most popular man in the entire world. I'm shocked that we don't have more followers because he originated from our show right that's right right anyway <laughs> who knows okay let's hear your question yeah Ed. let's let's run my question back for a second so um what is it about uh what what's a what's a certain thing or a certain type of like a flair that you try to put into your music or your films uh Wyatt and Mason respectively that like kind of makes it your own or you think um that makes it, I don't know, that, I guess, yeah, makes it your own, but also makes it good? Like, what's that What's that element that you really like or that, you, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, what What would, like, kind of like a, I hate my sound? Like, yeah, yeah. Way. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I can take you through the technical aspects of that, which are probably <laughs> really boring, but, like, more, like, on a lyrical level, um, just being, like, super honest and not really like caring about what people think if and when I release a track mm-hmm. like I feel like I have a lot of songs out there that like kind of make me look like a wimp <laughs> in a way which like I don't really care because everyone everyone acts like that and sometimes you just want to capture um, those feelings where you're feeling down or whatever um, yeah. right I don't I don't think that's something that's exclusive to you either I feel like there's all I mean, a lot of people do that. They make vulnerable songs, and yeah. sometimes it resonates. I mean, it does resonate with people because, again, yeah. right. that's, like, that's a super popular, like, I guess, not genre, but thing to write about. Yeah. Right, but in, the scary thing is, is, like, generally it'll be accepted. Like, people appreciate the honesty. Mm-hmm. But, like, all it honestly takes is, like, one person to be like, oh, you're, you're just a little wuss, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then uh, you're like, oh, gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. You question your entire, like you know, creative work. Yeah, mm-hmm. your um, process and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I try to keep things, in terms of my sound, I try to keep things very very chill, very laid back. I've been told that a lot of people enjoy falling asleep to my music, which, like, mm. initially might sound like an insult. But, like, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, because, like, it's something that's that's calming enough to to give someone, like, the rest that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or, like, I've also been told, like, it's good music for kind of, like, late night drives and like yeah that kind of thing I, like i actually have a few of your songs not to toot your horn a little bit but i have a few of your songs on my playlist just specifically for that reason me wow. too okay yeah. yeah that's awesome so do i'm I. honored i'm very honored thank yeah. you guys yeah um so yeah just kind of like those somber more like introspective moments that's what i would say my sound tries to capture mm-hmm. yeah what about you mason um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because, like, you know, we're approaching it from, like, two totally different, like, art forms. But I think, especially in, like, the vulnerability case, like, my like my most successful, I use air quotes, but I guess, like, my most successful projects are ones where I, like, pretty much didn't really consider the audience that much. Like, not in an unhealthy way. Like, as any artist, you should consider the audience if you're planning on distributing it. But, like... I didn't really think about, like, how are people going to receive this? Like, how are they going to view me? I just thought about, like, this is a story that I want to tell that I think is important and that I, like, is a part of me that I want to share. Uh, like, I am I made a documentary back in 2018 about mental health. Uh, and at the time, it was my most popular project. Uh, and I was, like, very honest in it. And I was, it was just a very, like, transparent piece uh, of, of work. Um, and I think people really appreciated that. I think that mm-hmm. as a filmmaker uh, of any type, whether you're narrative or documentary, you can be a voice uh, to the voiceless, I think. I think that's one of the things I love about uh, documentary filmmaking, especially because with that film and also I made a film uh, this year called Failure uh, that I think a lot of like other artists uh, resonated with, mm-hmm. especially during like the, the time that we were in with quarantine. Uh, just like, you know, it isn't... It, it wasn't for a lot of people that talked to me like they were feeling the same things that I was 
saying that I felt, but it wasn't until like they saw my film that they were able to like totally like understand that someone else feels that way as well. Yeah. So I think like vulnerability and like kind of like considering the audience in a different way by like acknowledging that you're also a part of the audience, I think. Yeah, right. You know, like I think especially with failure, I kind of just instead of being like I always view film as like here's the audience on one side and then there's this like medium going through to the filmmaker and I'm always trying to put stuff through and making sure that I can do all I can to make sure that they receive it the way that I'm putting it through but I think with with failure specifically I tried to step over that and just kind of sit with my audience and just kind of tell them as opposed to putting it I mean obviously I put it through a medium because there was stylistic choices and whatever but like I just tried to be as like open and vulnerable as possible and I think it it did a lot of good for me as an artist um so I think that's something I try to do uh, especially in documentary work I I like to just be completely open like in the same way that you were talking about with music um and I think it is it is like something that a lot of artists do and I think it's something that people appreciate a lot like nobody wants like a disingenuous piece of work whether it's yeah art or whether it's an apology or whether it's a conversation or anything nobody wants something that's clearly like manufactured so I think that that's something that especially artists like us can really like uh like emphasize and like grow through like that vulnerability and that transparency um but on like a less like deep level um I just try to I mean to like make it distinct I try to make sure that every time I make something uh I like people to watch my movies and be like, oh, that's a Mason Catter film. Mm -hmm. But I also want every piece of work to be like someone else could have made it. If that sounds Hmm. like, if that makes sense, like I want there to be like clear things that I do as a filmmaker, but I want to try to make a new choice every time creatively, like whether it's in the writing or whether it's in the, any aspect of the movie. Like I try to make sure that each film looks very distinct. And that's something that, I've tried to do a lot more recently, uh, and like my most recent film, Take with Water, was like a really big like departure for me. I feel like just like the concept behind it and like all the stuff that I did in the movie, like I kind of like just like thought of the idea and just went with it. And so like I just try to make sure that each thing is is as distinct as I can uh, make it. And like I don't I want to challenge myself in that way. I don't want to just keep returning to the same like pond. of creativity right like for a while that'll dry up eventually yeah exactly like i used to make horror films all the time like i would make like these three minute horror films like one after another because i was like i love horror and people think i'm good at it so why would i not keep doing horror Mm -hmm. and eventually like i just kind of like people didn't click on them anymore i didn't really feel that like inspired by it and so i moved on to like action and then like that fizzled out so now i try to just like bounce around and I try to just think every time I make a movie I like I have a little like notebook and I write down like okay I try I try to list off every thing that I've done in a film and then I cross all that out and I say I'm not going to do any of that yeah so like I try to start completely uh fresh you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that's why like artists that you know like play the same songs over like 20 years like all jump out windows you right, know, like, yeah. like right. they have to go back to that same pond that you're talking about. Like, they have a certain, their audience has a certain expectation, and any like experimentation or innovation outside of that um, isn't going to be like commercially successful. And you know, the labels own everything, so they're like, ah, well, you got to make a song like this again, right? Or you know, you have to play this in your set. Um, and that, I think, that can wear out creative people very, very easily. Yeah, yeah. I have huge mad respect for artists that uh, take big departures from a previous album or something like that and sometimes they'll just do like a completely different genre I think I mean the most obvious one to me at least of like a straight departure from where they started was Taylor Swift she used to be a country artist and now she's definitely not country Um, but even like uh, Post Malone all of his albums are I, I mean unless you you don't really listen to them. You might they might all sound the same to you, but like his newest one um, from last year, Hollywood's Bleeding, is more like rock. He's got a uh, more like I don't I don't know any of the 
these terms. Again, I'm not a musician, right. but like it's very different from his previous one, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. That's more like trap and and, and more rap yeah. uh, than his newest one. And so like I, it, it keeps it fresh for sure. Um, and I I have mad respect for people who who um, take liberties like that because not everyone can, and that kind of sucks. Like yeah. you said, labels would be like this: your previous album sold millions yeah. of copies you got to do the same thing again and then yeah. they just get stuck in that cycle and that that really sucks because i mean as an artist both of you you just said that you want to like take departures so <laughs> it would it would suck to be to have to do that yeah. yeah i think it's especially like it's easy to like do something and it sucks and so you decide to de- make a big departure from it like that's pretty easy and like you can capitalize off of that and be like oh i'm doing something totally different as an artist but what's really hard is to be like, okay, let's say you make an album or just like a single or an EP or something, and it's gr- like people love it. Like people love the vibe of it. They totally understand what you were going for. Like they like interpret it in ways that you never could have imagined and like all that. And let's say I make a movie and the same thing happens. You know, people love it. They, they notice every little thing that you hoped they would and like they love the format, everything. It's like the hard thing to do after that is to say thank you, but I'm now gonna do something totally different. You know, it's like hard to like see that, like it would be very easy to be like, oh my gosh, people loved failure. Like they loved the music, they loved the like VHS like aesthetic of it, they loved the honesty. So I'm gonna make another movie where I'm really honest about something I'm struggling with and I use VHS effects, and I use cool music. Yeah. You know, like, it would be really easy. Obviously, I'm not stupid, so I know people would watch it and be like, oh, it's like the same movie. <laughs> but, like, it's it's hard to move on from something, and, you know, you feel like maybe you've cracked the formula. Like, wow, people liked it because I did something right. It's hard to, like, as an artist, decide, okay, well, now I'm going to start fresh with a new formula and yeah. hope that it's successful as well and that people still resonate with it, even though it's different, you yeah. know? Right. That's I think that's the difficult thing is, you know, if you keep challenging yourself, for me there's the fear that's like, okay, I can't keep this up forever. <laughs> like if I keep people like this movie, they like this movie, eventually there's going to be something along the line that they're not going to like. And the challenge is to to do that and also to accept that not everything is, you know, you're not competing with yourself. You know, not everything's going to be received the same way. Mm-hmm. So, it's all about it's all about your mindset. As they say, as the, <laughs> as the inspirational speakers like to say. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Who asked that one? Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that sorry. was just little old you. <laughs> hey, Wyatt, you said that you had a bunch more questions. So how about yeah. you ask uh, another one? Yeah, let's end on a Wyatt question. So this is this is something I like to hear from, from other creative people. So um, I'm scared. Y'all as filmmakers, movie makers. Directors, yeah, entrepreneurs, producers, philanthropists, <laughs> billionaires. Um, so, tell me a little bit about that first project that you kind of created. Whether you were like eight or like thirteen or like eighteen, you know, like tell me. And whenever I say first project, I just mean like it could be something that you made on like your iPod Touch, like or something that you wrote a script for whenever you were. 12 um but i just want to hear about it and hear like how far you've come from it and also make fun of your old self a little oh bit. boy can mm. i go first on this one? Oh please Absolutely. um so i'm gonna go back to my youtube channel because i feel like that was um other than the podcast that's like the the other main creative thing that i've um i've done myself and so um i don't remember i i remember this was my second youtube video uh, not my first one. I can't remember what my first one was. It's still up, but uh, it was about Call of Duty Zombies, Call mm. of Duty Black Ops Three Zombies. Now you talked about this on the podcast. Before, That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So this was back in 2016. So I was probably, I might have still been 14, mm. um, 14, 15 age. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I was trying to complete the Easter egg for one of the maps, and I got this uh, funny clip because I was about to finish it. And then uh, I blue screened and I was uh, 
a little upset. Oh. So I literally just I, I screen recorded it after it happened, and I was like. I'm going to do a little voiceover and talk about this clip. So I was like, hey guys, welcome back to today's video. Um, I was playing Zetsubo no Shima on Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Zombies. And uh, so I had this really cool thing. I'm going and doing the Easter egg. And then all of a sudden, boom, I get a blue screen. Thanks for watching the video today, guys. And that's uh, <laughs> that, was literally, that was literally it. And then but it shortly was... after, he changed his channel name to PewDiePie. If you that. Um, and now I have over 100 million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, funnily enough, uh, my my YouTube channel used to be called Sunbaked Plays with a oh. Z yeah, because my gamer tag is Sunbaked, yeah, and then Plays is cool, just yeah, a spicy with a Z, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of my first videos, and I, uh, not again, not to toot my own horn, but by the time I quit YouTube, um, I feel like I was actually making like decent. Uh, like quality content it I probably made it for a good year and a half two years maybe I got up to like 200 subscribers which yeah, isn't yeah. which two, isn't two. awful yeah um and you know I got decent views one of my one of my videos uh, got 36,000 views Dang. Um, even no don't don't salute that one because I got like 20 likes and about 200 dislikes. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> so what did was, you do in this? Oh it was God. really uh, bad. It was because the new um, graphics cards had just come out and I bought oh, one yeah. of them. And so I made like a little review about it uh -huh. and everyone hated it <laughs> because, you know, I'm just like, this well, did little... you just say something that was like straight up? No, I just it? didn't know what I was talking about, oh. which well. in, I mean, looking back at it again. Yeah. A little cringy, but like I was, <laughs> I was kind of proud of that video. I was like, Oh, look at me making tech YouTube videos. <laughs> and then everyone hated it. Um, I think that's awesome. but that's okay. I, I ended up making a follow up to that video. Um, apologizing? No, <laughs> not a, well. Actually, I might have apologized at the beginning. Hey guys! But then no. that video also got like fifteen thousand views too. Wow! Because you, what was the the ratio of likes to dislikes? Yeah, I can't important. remember. It wasn't great though. I don't believe. I don't. I'm not sure if it was negative, but it was definitely not super positive. See, I don't believe that you don't remember. I think it runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, about I it totally while I'm forgot. crying in the shower every morning. Actually, <laughs> no, but yeah. Man, I need to start making YouTube videos again. Those are fun. Yeah, that is yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, my like the first thing I made. Yeah, yeah. Tell um, me. I mean like the first thing I made that I like put out was a Hunger Games fan film. Okay. Um, so like at the time, like I I was I always I used to describe it like I was at like a crossroads in my life. <laughs> I was like thirteen, and I always would describe it as like I didn't know what to do with my life. Should I pursue basketball or piano? <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I always act like filmmaking came out and like this like glowing like uh. orb, and I <laughs> grasped the chance. Really, I just didn't know like. I did, I did kind of like as a kid I did always want to be good at something like every kid wants that yeah <laughs> yeah me too man <laughs> yeah, like, I felt like my sisters had like very distinct talents and I didn't really have one mm. so that's why like I always loved the Hunger Games movies and so they kind of inspired me to try and make a, a movie so I made a Hunger Games fan film um, and I don't, it's just I, it's still on YouTube actually Oh really? Yeah, okay. I made it. I can't remember if I've seen that one or not. I don't know. I well, it was it was featured in part of Failure, right? It was. was it, there it were was. Clips yeah. Of it, there I remember were, something that looked very Hunger Games esque. Yeah, there were clips of it in Failure. Uh, I like was crazy about that like period of my life. Like I, like we, it was me and my cousins, and like we both, like we all loved the Hunger Games, and I made it in 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in, it was July twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen, when the first one came out. It's called The Hunger Games Rebirth. Very good title. <laughs> and then I like had this whole trilogy planned out. We started filming the second one, and like as life goes, it just didn't work out, and like schedules fell apart because we're not like contractually obligated actors and like filmmakers, so like it just fell apart. And like I don't know, it's just it's just is it, I, I I have no like. I, there was a time where I could have sat down and talked about it for like hours because I was so enthusiastic about it, but like I just struggled to like even think of anything to say about it. It just was so like for me, it was like a huge disappointment at the time that it didn't like lift off. But like looking back on it, it's such a poorly made, like terrible, like awful, like bad. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like it's interesting, like what you said about like how far have you come, like from them? Like I don't know. I think about that sometimes. It's like I, it's like I hate. I don't like to like. It's a challenge to like assess yourself. I feel like as a like as like a I almost said as a talented person. As a <laughs> what's the word? Oh yeah. Artist. <laughs> it is hard. It's like, well, I was really bad then and I'm really good now. That's like a simple way for someone to say it. But like, I don't know. I think that movie more than just like technique and like cinematography or writing or editing taught me like directing in terms of like disappointment and like a big part of film is just like dealing with the unexpected, you yeah. know, like having to like like even just for instance like this past weekend we were with chris on his film shoot mm-hmm. and he had one prosthetic like scar to yeah you. I, I hope he doesn't mind that i'm disclosing this information before the release but like he had one prosthetic to use for his actor and that's all he had mm-hmm. and he got the prosthetic out and it had been like in a bag for a long time so the prosthetic had melted mm-hmm. and it was all sticky and it was it couldn't be used we like peeled it off and it just like rolled up into a ball Mm -hmm. and we had we didn't have anything and so like as a filmmaker like if you're not a filmmaker but like (laughs) it's true like in film like you can think of a thousand different ways that something can go but it's not till you get there and something goes wrong that you really have to like roll with it so like chris was very good he rolled with it and Mm -hmm. we took a moment and we figured out something together as a crew and cast and everything but like i think that movie taught me that like you can put all these images in your head of what your art is going to look like but rarely if ever does it come out that way yeah and sometimes it's better that it doesn't well and that's the crazy thing about movies to me is that there's so many moving parts like more so than almost any other art form i can think of because it incorporates things like music and you know good writing and good cinematography like good like set design you know and like whenever you bring all those elements together like each of those individually could have like a million things that go wrong. Yeah. And you have to bring all of that and form one collective thing that makes coherent sense. Yeah. Um, so you're bringing like a million different creative mediums into one and hoping that the millions of things that could go wrong and all those different subdivisions don't. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then you just. It's a, to it. yeah, I put mean, a lot of trust into a lot of different people. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Right. It's That's crazy. the scary thing. Like, cause yeah. I can just make an entire song alone in my dorm room and right. like be happy with it. But with film, like it's like you have this baby, and you gotta yeah. like pass it on to people and be like, take care of this. Like baby. do this the way that I want it to be done. <laughs> yeah. And it's right. like when you think about it that way, it's almost like it's a miracle that there are any good movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like yeah, how amazing real. is it that so many movies like are great? Like there are so many wonderful, like beautiful, touching, like wonderfully crafted films and they all went through thousands of hands you know and and like you said anything could have gone horribly wrong so it's it is interesting just to like look at that and like even as a 14 year old like barely dipping my toe into filmmaking I was 13 when I started filming it I was 14 when it came out um but like I didn't know the first thing about that process I just assumed Mason Catter wants to make this movie so Mason Catter's movie will come out you know, and yeah. throughout a lot of different things, I started to learn the very beginnings of that thing about film that it goes, you know, it just anything, could, anything can go wrong, you know, and that obviously I, that's a really small version of that, but it like built the foundations for me now because like even I hate to keep telling stories, but really shortly when I was making Take With Water, we filmed for like, we filmed a a lot of it in one weekend and we had been filming for about two hours and just out of curiosity I checked the footage and the past two and a half hours of footage for some reason there was no audio mm. recorded with it yeah so we were all at the state of like we had been filming all weekend it was the last two hours of filming we thought we were almost done and then I told everybody hey to the past two hours of filming did not record any audio and everybody was like, oh, great. And I, we didn't have any other days we could have filmed it. So I was going through plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, F, B. And then I didn't include Q through Z. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, 
losing my mind. I had planned this all out to a T, and it's like even now in 2020, you know, I still hadn't totally grasped the concept of like a thousand things could go wrong and a hundred of them probably will. Yeah. So like, but like me and my best friend Jaden, who was like, he was the lead actor, but he was also kind of like helping me make it. He was like, we just have to film it again. We just have to do it again. It's like, we have the script, we have the people, we have the time. So we're going to just film it again. And one of the scenes in the movie, I pretty much had to make up on the fly because we had to shorten it from what it was in the script because we didn't have time to film it like we originally did. And people ended up liking that scene a lot. Mm. And it was a good, it was a good scene. It was well, I thought it was well crafted and it was, the, the shorter pace of it and the quicker pace of it. Yeah. It's all the, about the spontaneous energy. Yeah. It's going back before. to that. Yeah. Like that scene originally it's, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie, but it's the scene where he like is going through the house and a bunch of trippy stuff is happening and people are like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a pretty fast paced scene in the movie, but the way we originally shot it, it was a lot slower. And so the fact that we had to refilm it all again and make it shorter and faster worked better for the pace of the movie. So it just shows that like sometimes it's better that things don't go the way that you think they will. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's a really long way to answer that question. But I think that's one, that's a, I feel like that's the best way for me to compare like my Hunger Games fan film that was by nature unoriginal, I think. Yeah. To, you know, a movie that I made a couple months ago that I think is one of the more original things I've done and just kind of like see how some things have really improved and other things like in the moment when everything went wrong, I felt like I hadn't learned anything in five years. I was like, wow, I still haven't grasped that film by nature just goes wrong. Um, anyway, what, what about music? What, was the, what is the first thing you ever... Oh, yeah. Um, actually, the first song that I ever recorded um, was a little song called A Song to My Love. Hmm. And um, first song I ever recorded and first song I ever released. And it's actually my most popular, my most streamed song yeah. um, across the board. And in total, on Spotify, I think it has around 4,500 streams, um, which is astounding to me because... Um, not to use such a big word like astounding yeah (laughs) um it has in my opinion it has the least quality in like production yeah Um, but i think people just really like the writing on it Mm -hmm. and um i can't listen to it at all today like Mm -hmm. i find it very cringy especially knowing what i know about like signal processing and and mixing and all that fun stuff with audio like listening to that it's like sticking my hand in a blender mm. like but um people still like it so yeah that's yeah. weird yeah that's like uh, there's certain things i can't watch like film wise could you watch like, the hunger games yeah <laughs> and it was ruined <laughs> again um <laughs> no but like i watched it and i'm like Ugh, if i would have made that now i could have done this yeah or if i would have yeah. written that now i could have done that or even as an actor like i don't i don't consider myself an actor but i have acted a lot just because i've had to like, even as an actor, I, like, look, and I'm like, gosh, why'd you say it like that, you clown? <laughs> so it's just, like, there's certain things that, like, I could never watch. There's certain things you can't listen to. There's certain songs, like, JP, like, Megan. Like, <laughs> <Megan>. JP <laughs> can't listen to. And it's, like, even, like, the film <laughs> that we... But they're catchy. They're good songs. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, like, even the film that Aaron and I made back in 2017, really I have bad. a hard time watching. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, like, I put it on the other... I don't remember. I feel like I put it on a little while ago, and you got upset that I. It's just, it's yeah. Just it's just, I, I think it's kind of fun to go back and watch, but in an ironic way. Yeah. Because right. it's just so bad. Yeah. It's fun to do whenever your friends have created something really terrible years ago, but whenever yeah. it's your own thing, it's like I'm, I'm a step out of the room right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even to this day, like I can't watch myself act. Like I don't like doing it. I, that's why, like, I really like the last movie I made because I was in it for probably like two minutes two or minutes. something. Director's yeah. cameo. Yeah, was a little <laughs> <laughs> much like my friend Tarantino Quentin, as I call him. Um, Mr. Q. Mr. Q. Yeah, I can't watch myself act. I just it's un, it's unbearable for me. Um, anyway, I think that I think that we've had a good little conversation today. Yeah. Um, I agree. Wyatt, thank you so much for joining us this yeah, episode. Yeah, of it's course. Been awesome. Yeah. It's a pleasure. 
It was wonderful to have you. It was wonderful to have a, a kindred spirit, <laughs> another creative queen. That's <laughs> probably the eighth yes. time we've referenced that on this podcast. Yes. Um, Why, but, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, closing thoughts. Um, Where can people find you? Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. That's a good uh, one. People can find me on Deezer, on Pandora, on Tidal, and also apart from those really unpopular streaming services. You can find me on Spotify, right. Apple Music, uh, iTunes. Yep. Um, Wyatt Martin. Wyatt Martin on all of those. Yes. I released an EP recently. By recently, I mean like six months ago. But, it's recent. Um, it, it's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you can check me out there. And I'm on Instagram too. Yep. Um, just Wyatt Mart. Kind of like Walmart, but with Wyatt instead of Wall. It's a center for music and art. Yes. Instead of poorly made um, clothes and so-so food. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, um, that's that's where you can find me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about it. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, you can find us. We don't have an Instagram yet. We're 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 in the process of up. I've, I said this last time, but. We're in the process of upping our promotional game. We are. Um, but for now, you can find updates about the podcast at mcatter.stuff mm-hmm. on Instagram. That's where all of my art-related stuff is at, which includes this podcast. Um, you can find us, I mean, Aaron. You can find me on Instagram at Aaron Sichter underscore. Yep. If you'd like to follow me. Yep. I got a new follower me. today. It was kind of cool. Mm. You can find me at Mason Catter. <laughs> just that. Straight up. <laughs> that was so un- uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> Got a new follower today. <laughs> All right. Um, once the road, you're on the road to 400. I hear. Uh, actually, I, I surpassed that a little while ago. Dang. Oh, yeah, Sorry. that's right. I'm kind of high rolling right now. Right? Right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. You thank can, you. Oh, I was just gonna say you can also find me on YouTube. That's right. Uh, Mason in all capital letters with an exclamation point. Go watch Hunger Games fan film. It's not on that channel. You're going to have to hunt for that one. (laughs) But you can find my most recent two films, Take With Water and Failure. And you can find some of my earlier hits, such as The Clown Statue and Going Nowhere featuring Aaron Stickster. (laughs) Nah, you can 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 skip that one. one. Um, Uh, Lastly... Uh, once again, go listen to JP's new album. He's not here, but yes, please um, do. Yeah, go it's stream. It's really good. What happens next? That's right. The album name and the Wyatt. artist is Jonathan Gordon. Said Wyatt Martin. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Gordon on yes. Spotify. On Spotify. All right. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yes. Bye. Yeah.